Welcome to Killian Baptist Church's podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Reynolds, the lead pastor of Killian Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire at Killian Baptist Church is to be disciples of Christ who go out with the gospel that others might enter into a relationship with God. God bless you as you listen, and please consider subscribing so you can tune in every week. Well, praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad to be able to come to God's house and worship Him? Amen. Amen to that. Well, once again, welcome to Killian Baptist Church. If I have not yet had the opportunity, I am Chris Reynolds, and I'm the lead pastor here at Killian, and we are glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. And we are going to be continuing our series that we started about three weeks ago, um, this series of Me uh, to We, or Me versus We. Understanding that um, the me mentality is a very new idea. It's a new idea in the fact that me came into the world when sin entered into the world. When Adam and Eve decided instead of going God's plan and embracing his plan, instead I am going to focus on me and what it is that I want and I'm going to partake of the fruit which he has said do not partake of. And immediately, this me-centric mentality began to take root in our heart and our lives. And now, it's a continual battle against the me mentality that says, I have to have things my way in my own time and the way that I like them. And so we're battling against that. Whereas we is an idea that is absolutely eternal. It's eternal because God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit always have been and always will be. It's always been the three of them, and it was always we between one another. They were always walking in submission to one another and care for one another and love for one another, and therefore it was always we. But then sin came into the world, and it became me. So we are seeking to be a church body. We're seeking starting first with the individual, you yourself. I am making the decision. I want to reject a me mentality and embrace a we mentality for the glory of God and then us corporately as well. And we're going to be continuing the series from the book of Ephesians in chapter number four and verses 11 through 16. This is my favorite, one of my favorite passages of scripture in the whole Bible. It's one of my favorite passages of scriptures because we are given the formula for a strong and for a healthy church here in this passage of scripture. And I love the idea, I love the concept of a healthy and vibrant church because it's the church that is a part of the body of Christ. And if the church is healthy and vibrant, therefore that means that the, the body of Christ is going to be healthy and vibrant. And that is my desire. That is my passion to see churches that are on fire submitted to the will of God and the way of God in their life. That they are seeking to make much of God in the world. And in this passage of scripture, we are given exactly what it is that we are called to do as Christ followers to see the kingdom of God grow in our world and also to see the kingdom of God begin working and growing in our individual lives. But as with everything else that we've covered up to this point, the only way that these things are going to happen is by rejecting the me mentality and embracing a we mentality. So this morning from Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 11, if you are physically able, will you please stand for the reading of God's holy, 
inspired, infallible, and inerrant word from the book of Ephesians, chapter number 4 and verse number 11. If you don't have your Bible with you, it's okay. We have it up here on the screen, and that way you can see exactly what I'm talking about, and that I'm not just making this stuff up. We'll begin reading in verse number 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with stature measured by Christ's fullness. Verse number 14. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, but speaking the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. May God bless the reading and the proclamation of his word, and may I preach as though never to preach again as a dying man to dying men. You may be seated. I was supposed to have a prop with me this morning, but, you know, when you have five kids, getting out of the house is sometimes a victory, <laughs> and you don't go back. We're just pressing forward. And my prop was um, my great-grandfather's toolbox. It's a big honking toolbox. Honking is a southern word, means big old, and big old means big. And it's, he made it himself. It's got a handle on it. It's got a, like a toolbox would. But you could tell it's definitely handmade. But it's my great-grandfather's toolbox because he was, among many things, he was a Christ follower. If I'm not mistaken, he also was a preacher. But he was also a, a handyman. He was a, a Mr. Fix-It. He would be called to, to go out and do a job, to go take a look at something, and he would go out there, and he would take his toolbox with him, and he would take an assessment of the job, and then he would figure out what needed to be done. I don't think he had any formal education as far as fixing stuff. I think it was, he didn't have a degree in fixing stuff. I think it was just something that was acquired. It was a, he was a man that loved to observe and see where the problems are, what it seems to be doing, and then kind of tinker with it until he was able to figure it out. And so when he took his toolbox, he had all the tools that was necessary. And if any time there was a tool that he needed that he did not have, you know what he did? He would make it. He would figure out how using the tools that he had, he could make a tool in order to accomplish the job that needed to get Done. You said, well, what in the world does a toolbox have to do with this passage of Scripture? And I want to thank you for that question. You guys ask incredible questions, so it's wonderful that you, that you do so. The point is, we, as Christ, followers, as Christ followers, we have all of the necessary tools for vibrant and thriving church, just like my grandfather had all the necessary tools to get his jobs done. But you know what? The toolbox that he had in his, the tools that he had in his toolbox, they were only useful if you pulled them out of the toolbox and he used them the right way. See, tools are only as good as the amount of use that you put them in and also if making sure that you're using them for the right things. 
in this morning's passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul gives us all the necessary tools to see a vibrant and healthy church body growing and, and reaching out and making a difference. He gives us all the necessary tools about how it's supposed to function. But those tools are only going to be effective if we pull them out of the toolbox and actually begin using them in the right way. And the Apostle Paul shares with us that in order to use those tools the right way, we have to flip me to we, and when we flip me to we, and we're utilizing these tools in the right way, then we begin to build up the body of Christ. Look at it. He starts off here with the reality that God has given some to do a special do job there. In verse number 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. What was the purpose of these individuals? What was their job? What is it that God had been calling them to do by serving in those positions? Well, he lays it out with them. He says, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So he's given pastors and teachers, and he's given them for the purpose of what? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Who are the saints? And don't say the team in New Orleans. Who are the saints? Try that again. Who are the saints? We are. The body of Christ, those that profess to walk in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are counted among the saints. And therefore, according to the Apostle Paul, what is your job? I'm not trying to trick you. To do the work of the ministry. To do the work of the ministry. As being part of the saints of God, you are called to do the work of the ministry. Congratulations. I mean, you came here this morning. You were expecting to just hear a standard sermon. But now I am welcoming you into the ministry. Aren't you excited? Welcome to the ministry. You say, well, I don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any formal training. I didn't go to any seminary. I didn't go to a theology class. I didn't, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't do any of those things. It's okay. Because if you've been in church, and if you've been listening to the Word of God, and reading the Word of God, and hearing the Word of God, and then applying the Word of God to your life, and then obeying the Word of God, then you have the necessary tools to do the work of the ministry because you've been equipped with the knowledge. What's the knowledge? Well, what's the work of the ministry? What is the work of the ministry? Well, the Apostle Paul doesn't point it out specifically, but he points out what the effect of doing the work of the ministry is. He says, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. See, we here have, we have the, the pastor, you have the, the, the preacher, you have the teacher, that their job, their responsibility is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Then the saints begin doing the work of the ministry, and it builds up the body of Christ. Well, how does, what is it that we do that builds up the body of Christ? It's that we share the good news of the gospel. 
See, the work of the ministry is going out and living life on mission, sharing the good news of the gospel with the world in which God places us among as we, the light, go out and live in the dark places in this world and engage the darkness with the light of Jesus Christ that's supposed to be coming forth from us. We build up the body of Christ by sharing the good news of the gospel. By going out into the dark places and, and, and sharing the glorious gospel and sharing the, the good news to bring hope to the world. A world that is desperately searching for, 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 for meaning and purpose and satisfaction. And so God has given you the tools necessary through his word, through the proclamation of his word, to be equipped... To go out and take that word into a lost and dying world. And therefore, you're doing the work of the ministry. And it's building up the body of Christ. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The pastor, the preacher's job is not to skip the saints in order to do the work of the ministry. The pastor's or the preacher's job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry that's God's design and how he's made it in order to function and see what happens when the saints begin doing that work the apostle Paul continues there in verse number 13 he says until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's son growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ fullness then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of doctrine by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit but we will begin speaking the truth in love let us grow in every way into him who is the head Christ the apostle Paul is conveying this idea that in in, in, in when we follow the proper order of things to where we receive being equipped to do the work of the ministry, then we begin to do the work of the ministry. We begin to build up the body of Christ. And as we are doing that work and building up the body of Christ, we begin holding one another accountable. We begin encouraging one another. We begin, we begin this, this idea of, of, of growing stronger together. But in order to do that, we have to reject the me mentality and embrace the we mentality that says this matters, that we do this. It matters that we do this because this is a part of God's design that we would do the work of the ministry and then as a result of doing that work we are strengthened in my individual's life in my individual life and then also because I'm strengthened in my individual's life and my brother or sister of Christ that's sitting on the pew next to me is strengthened in their life then we come along beside one another and we're encouraging one another to do that work and we're talking about the work of the ministry and how it is that God is working in our life and we begin to grow up into maturity in Christ because we're doing this together you know it's interesting because the unity that exists when this work is being done is unified around Christ. See, when the pastor or the teacher equips the saints to do the work of the ministry through the proclamation of the word, and then the saints hear that word, receive that word, apply that word to their life in their own personal teaching or in their own personal time of prayer or, 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 or wherever it is they apply that. And then they begin exercising and utilizing that to do the work of the ministry. They focus their attentions. They focus their affections on Christ. And then you have a body of believers that's not looking in the mirror at self 
And they're not looking at others pointing the finger. Instead, everybody's focus is towards Christ. And we are unified in our mission. We are unified in our vision to seek to make much of him. This is why I love this passage of Scripture. I love this passage because the secret formula for a a thriving and vibrant church is not the programming, it's not the place of worship, it's not the personalities that exist in worship. The secret formula for seeing a vibrant and healthy church isn't a secret, it's in the saints' obedience to do what God has laid out for them to do. And that we begin to embrace the idea that we are called to do the work of ministry. And that ministry is shining the light of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ out of the world around us, being the hands and feet of Jesus to the context in where God has placed us. But in order to do that, we have to flip the me mentality to a we mentality and get busy doing the work that God has called us to do. Now, I want to clarify something real quick. When I start talking about a thriving and a vibrant church, a lot of people say, well, you're talking about a full church, right? I mean, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about a full church. And I want to clarify, I don't want to see a lot of people here. That's not my objective. You say, well, wait a second. You don't want a full church? Let's change the, the, the phrasing about full. Let's add a word onto it. I'd rather see a faithful church than a full church. I'd rather see a body of believers who are absolutely and completely and totally dedicated to the cause of Christ and seeing him magnified through their life in a small capacity than have a room full of people to where it was standing room only who they could absolutely have no care about what it is that God is calling his church to do. Why? Why? Because what matters to God is that we are people who desire to see him made much of to see him glorified and if we're not passionate about him and seeing his work accomplished in the world then only thing we're doing is we're getting together for a civic club activity to where we have some like-minded people we might as well go out and join a, a a club out there that exists out in the context of the world no our mission is to make much of christ it's my desire to see a faithful church body that lives life on mission. They understand that they are called to do the work of the ministry and they're seeking to accomplish that in their everyday life. They say, well, I'm, I'm having difficulty tracking what it is that you're saying. Well, I put together a, a horrible, I'm just saying this up front, I put together a horrible illustration for you to see on the screen. I made this in PowerPoint and I want you to be impressed, okay, that I made this in PowerPoint. So Mr. Mr. Joe, if you'll bring up that first one here. Now, this doesn't even picture, this doesn't even picture the, the full scope of what's actually taking place here. But just following the Apostle Paul's lineup, we have here, God has called the pastor, and I'm stealing a little bit from our kids' children's material, which is called Think Orange. And we here have the pastor who has knowledge, okay? And so the pastor has this knowledge, and what's the pastor supposed to do according to the passage of Scripture? What's my job? 
equip the saints. So I take the knowledge of God and I seek to give you the knowledge of God. This is what God calls his people to do. You take that knowledge, you apply it to your life, and then you then begin to take that knowledge and you begin to work it out in your everyday life to where you're seeking to show and share the love of Jesus with those that are around you. So we have the knowledge, which is, which is the light, which is yellow, and then we have the love of the saints, and that love of the saints begins to show the love of Christ to the world around them with the knowledge that they have been given. And then as a result of them doing the work of the ministry, we see what happens to the body. We see a building up of the body. In other words, as we are reaching out and we are making a difference and we are investing in the people and we are showing and sharing the love of Jesus, we see this natural outworking that takes place. But the model's not done. It gets worse, okay? My PowerPoint gets worse. So if you'll bring up the next slide. From that body, something takes place. There are other pastors or teachers that are come out of that, that they feel the call of God on their life. And so they say, I'm going to begin to participate in this work. And so they step up and they begin doing this work of, of doing what? What is, what is their job again? equip the saints. So they're going out and they're equipping more saints or they're equipping other saints and then they make that the priority and then those saints begin to live out the good news of the gospel in their everyday life and then it does what? It continues to add to the body and this is something that happens over. I say it's a horrible illustration because the idea is that this just continues to expand and there's no way that I can, I can even begin to explain the expansion that happens as the people of God embrace the way of God to seeing the kingdom of God magnified in the world. See, as we seek to be faithful, as we seek to be faithful, we have to embrace a we mentality that says, my will is not my own, but instead I am bought with a price. I belong to, I've been adopted into the kingdom of God. I am now a, a, a fellow heir with Christ. I am a son or a daughter in Christ. I am a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am called to live this faith out. I am called to live my life on mission, doing the work of the ministry. Church body, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, then you are in the ministry, and God is calling you to do that work in your context. It's to take the good news of the gospel and show and share the love of Jesus in the world in which he has placed you. As a Christ follower, we are saying that we are willing to be equipped to do the work of the ministry and then we are also willing to do that work and the only question that i have for you this morning is do you mean it from your admission that you are a christ follower and understanding that as a christ follower you are called to do the work of the ministry in the context in which god has placed you in your individual life and also as part of your life here a part of this church body he has called you to do this work the question is is do you mean it and are you going to do it as a church we are seeking to follow the biblical mandate to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. You know what? And this means that we are going to be able to carry out this command corporately as well. 
Not only are we seeking to do this on an individual level, we are seeking to do this on a corporate level. And so as a corporate body of believers, we are seeking to care for the parts of our society that everyone else has the tendency to push to the back of their mind, to put out on the outer edges. No, we understand that as followers of Jesus, we are modeling Jesus, and we should be seeking to go to those to reach them because he died for them just as much as he died for us. And we're starting that ministry, that intentional, that intentional desire to invest with what it is that we're doing in the month of October as we seek to invest into orphan care. In just a small way, in just a very small way, we're seeking to begin walking down this road of being obedient to the biblical mandate, which he gives us in the book of James, that we are to care for the orphan. And so we are seeking to serve orphans and foster families um, in this very small way. We're, we're doing so um, through what it is that's taking place on the 19th and on the, on the 20th. And you know what? We have all the tools necessary. We have all the tools necessary to do this work. But just like my grandfather's toolbox, if we never take those tools out of the toolbox and begin utilizing them, we never begin to take that step of faith and say, I'm going to begin doing the work of the ministry that don't do any good. In order to fully embrace, we have to flip me to we and actually put them to use in our lives. In your bulletin this week, there is a piece of paper. Let me get this. And I want to encourage you, encourage you this morning. If you're a member of the body here at Killian or you've been involved for quite some time, if you want to get involved, or if you're a guest and you see a way in which you can help support this, uh, then we would more than welcome it. But there are three ways in which you can serve for this upcoming event, this upcoming activity as we seek to carry out the biblical model of the body of Christ doing the work of Christ, the work of the ministry in our context. There's ways in which you could serve. We're going to be um, um, getting ingredients for lasagnas that we're going to be freezing and giving away to foster families that pre-register. Our goal is 50 frozen lasagnas to give out a 9 by 13 for families that are in need. If you've never been fed before to where somebody gave you a free meal, then you don't know the impact that it can make on someone. Just something small like that has a tremendous impact on their life, on their family. It's saying, hey, I love you and I care about you and I care about what's going on and I'm just seeking to support you in this small way. Also, we're going to be having the activity on October the 19th from 2 to 4 p.m. And you say, well, it's hard for me to get out of the house. It's hard for me to stand up. It's hard for me to walk. It's hard. We can find a place for you to serve. Even if you have to sit the entire time, we can find a place in which you can serve and you can be engaged. You say, well, I'm really busy. I would encourage you. I would encourage you. Find a way to be there. Be present. Another way in which we could um, use your help is by bringing stuffed animals. You see these bears up here? These bears are, uh, and other stuffed animals as well, they are representative, at least, of one child. And one child, when they're pulled out of their, their families, they're pulled out of their homes and, go, and they go into foster care, um, a lot of times they don't have anything of their own. They're brought into foster care, and they have no personal possessions. And therefore, um, when they come into the foundation um, that we are working with, they give them a bear, and the child can choose a bear or a stuffed animal of their liking. And that way, when they go into their new home or to their foster care home, they actually have something that belongs to them. You can help participate by getting those. 
Also, October 6th, I don't think this is on here, but October 6th, um, we're going to be building the lasagnas starting at 8.30 back in the fellowship hall. As a church body, we're coming together to build these things because we want to serve together. We want to make a difference together. We want to make an impact together. Not for our glory, but for God's glory. Church family, I can't make it any more clear. You, me, all of us that call ourselves Christ followers are called to be the body of Christ and we're called to do the work of the ministry. It really comes down to the fact of, are we going to be faithful and do it? Let's go to our-